Hello and thank you for tuning in to All Things Guitars and Music, a podcast by Vapor Guitars. On episode 16, it's a part two of my discussion with Mark Thompson, my former manager uh, with my band Livid. And we just continue uh, talking about stories of uh, the LA music scene and Livid and and all the good times that we had back then. So uh, before we get started with the show, I just wanted to thank my sponsors for your continued support uh, to this podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, therefore, on to the show. Thank you. Back with Mark Thompson, livid, former livid manager and uh, former livid bass player <laughs> and lifelong friend of mine. What were we talking about? We were talking about the music scene. Yeah, talking about the music scene, you know, what I'm doing now, what you're doing, and, you know, you, yeah. your guitar company and all that. And just, you know, something that came to mind is, you know, station, station identification or commercial break or whatever the hell we want to call that. It's just that... Yeah. You know the the reason we do what we do is is we love the music and yeah that, that's the biggest thing to me and you know throughout everything I've done through um, the music stuff now whether it's the the website or or Twitter or Instagram or anything it's it's not about me it's about the bands it's about giving the fans something to look at and those are the things I think has always been important to me it's not about me taking a picture with somebody or something that's just my personal belief you know i don't like my damn picture taken anyways but let alone this is about music for me and about giving it to the fans and the bands and just having those conversations and the experiences that i've had in music and you've had in music i mean you were there for people who don't know and i'm gonna throw the spotlight on you obviously you were there during those early days of slayer down there in 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 oc yeah, OC, but uh, like North Long Beach and, you know, Southgate, because that's where the studio was at, was in Southgate. Um, yeah, I mean, I was in high school when me and Jeff became friends. And then I was 17 and he was 19. Um, never knew they were going to be a big superstar group. You know what I mean? You never know if any of these bands, you know, like look at System of a Down, we didn't think they were going to go and be that big. You know, but like even back in my day with the Slayer, um, you know, the band Leatherwolf. Yeah. Um, they're around back then and their two guitar players is Jeff and Carrie. Same with Slayer, Jeff and Carrie, different spellings. But me and my friends at that time thought that Leatherwolf was going to be bigger than Slayer. You know, because they had the, uh, you know, the girl following, you know, um, more like Iron Maiden-ish. Slayer was like, you know, all dudes going to the shows and stuff and like really like, like speed metal, you know, I love Slayer, but I understand that there's some people that don't know that type of music. And if they hear it, they think it's noise. I get that. You know what I mean? But I love them. Um, but yeah, that was back in my, my old days, dude, Leatherwolf, uh, Slayer. I mean, I'm older, but yeah, Savage Grace. There's a whole bunch of bands, Great White. Um, Saw Great White when they're uh, just went from Dante Fox to Great White. That's how long ago that was. So yeah, and then um, so with you, you got your podcast, you got your uh, YouTube channel. What else is going on with you? 
Are you writing um, for any websites or anything? Just my own. The stuff I do is all for hardrockcore.net. And it's just, again, it's a, you know, try to link the, the website, the YouTube channel, the podcast, Spotify playlist, which link me to some of your music so I can get it on there as well, too. Whether it's Livid yeah. it or Anger the Giant or Adore or anything like that out there, let me get that on the playlist for you. You know, just, it's just linking it all together. And I try to you know, get the updates that I get from the publicist and labels up to the site uh, as soon as possible. I mean, it, a lot of stuff comes through. A, a lot of stuff comes through nonstop, you know, and it seems like obviously the big dogs, the the blabbermouse and metal sucks and metal injections, which are all freaking awesome. But, you know, they've got staffs and, and 24 hours a day to do it. And unfortunately, I don't. I just do it because I love it. And uh, if I could do something like that, that'd be awesome. But it's not a, a goal to reach a certain level i just want to do it because i like doing it and the bands and hopefully can build the respect from that and you know why while we're on break just a minute ago you know if you want me to throw people your way as well too you know for for interviews for your podcast you know just say the word and i'll throw your name out there and start connecting you with the publicists that i deal with so you can get more guests on your show as well oh, i appreciate that I've never had a deal with a, a publicist because, you know, um, I know you had to go through a publicist with Ken J, right? I did. And the guy who uh, I dealt with, Tom George, you know, because somebody else was handling them before. And then they switched publicists. And I think maybe they switched some of the business side of what they were doing. And he, Tom sent me some of the press releases and I put them up on the side. And I said, dude, if they come around to doing... Uh, interviews press please consider me i said you know i just to throw this out there i said you know go back and look in wisconsin death trip you'll see my name in there so i have a history with the band and that's i think got that one moving for me and then when ken got on the phone it was instant you know uh, yeah. connection it was just like holy crap i haven't spoken with you in you know 18 years at this point and cool to reconnect so you know, the, the publicists are great, and I, I've dealt with many, many great people, and, you know, they help facilitate what I do. And, you know, obviously there's a plus that when you do the photography and, and reviews and stuff like that, you get the free concerts that come with it. That's always an, an added bonus or the music that come with it. That's goes hand in hand. But, I, you know, so much stuff comes through all the time. And I've told other people about this too, like – uh Mark from uh, the Pier Rock Show in Ventura or Viking Dave in mm -hmm. Fresno, those guys, I said, if you guys want to, you know, link stuff together or exchange stuff or send people your way, I'm all about that because I think it benefits all of us that if we all share in some of that, uh, you know, publicity or speaking with the bands or sharing what I do or what you do, it's all benefits all of us at the same time and lifts us all up. And I think that's that's kind of the big thing to to share and, you know, let other people see what others are doing and, and carry that up. So yeah, dude, I will totally throw some emails your way and try to get some stuff set up with you as well. Yeah. I was going to hit up Koichi and Tony just sending a message, you know, about doing the podcast. Um, I'm going to hit up Meigs cold chamber. I'm just going to hit up people. I mean, that's all I've done so far is just hit up people. Um, so, so that's awesome like that. But like you said, you know, Everything I do, I, I love music. And I love music so much that I don't know if you're like this, but like I can't listen to music like a normal, uh, regular person. <laughs> like 
that just listens to whatever's on the radio that don't know about bands, you know how they just like listen to music. So those type of people, I think it's more background, but there's maybe people like us, or at least for me, when I hear a song or music, I'm picturing the feet of the kick drum. I'm picturing the toms that are being hit. I'm picturing where the hands are on the guitar. I'm picturing everything. I'm like listening to everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, like when there's cymbals being hit, I can see which ones are being hit and everything. Like I can see keyboards. I can see hands moving when I listen to music. So it's like, I kind of wish I could listen to music like a regular person. <laughs> you know, I'm analyzing as I'm listening. I think is what I'm trying to say. Dude, I, I hear you. I totally hear you in that because I do the same thing. My mind, I don't think, I don't think we analyze it to make it better, but we just, our, our mm-hmm. mind is tuned into the music and okay, he's doing, oh, he's got seven strings on there, but he's down to another step. So he's doing just a simple middle finger bar chord on the third fret on the, you know, seventh yeah. and sixth. You start thinking about how are they doing those things and, you know, being predominantly a drummer, I think about, okay, he's got his ride here, his hi-hats here, his feet. I, I imagine those things just like you do, man. It's it's kind of disgusting, but it's freaking awesome at the same time. Yeah, I mean, on any type of music, I mean, you know, hip-hop or anything like that, I'm just, I'm seeing all the instruments being played or something like that in my head when I listen to music. And so it's weird because I can listen to music all the time, but like to watch uh, watching a TV show or a movie, I only like to watch it once. If I see a movie, I'm good. I don't need to see it again. You know? But with music, you know, sometimes I'm addicted. Sometimes I'll be into a song where I just keep rewinding it. You know? Or you can play it over and over again. You you hear that that riff that just gets your head bouncing or the, the drum beat that's just pummeling the whole time. You're like, yeah, that's what it's about right there. You know, you, you just lock in with it. There's some songs that, like, when I hear them, like, if I'm just changing radio stations and I hear it, I have to stop and listen to the whole song. Um, do you have songs like that? Like, two songs that come in mind is uh, U2, New Year's Day, and Leonard Skinner, Freebird. When I heard those songs, I had to listen to it all the way through. You know what I mean? Man. Like, if you change the stations, if it comes up, I just have to listen to it all the way through. I, don't, I never get sick of those two songs. Yeah. Jeez. Um, songs i don't know there's there's so many that that come to mind of just songs that okay i've got to hear this i gotta you know here comes this cool middle part uh, of this song or whatever you know it's it's kind of like listening to me for uh listening to the song power slave by iron maiden there's so many cool things happening in that song and then you know they kind of take you on it maiden always takes you on those different journeys but then they hit like the big drum break where the drum fills happen and then it slows down. Then it comes back into, it goes, you know, just those things like that. It, I've got to turn it up a little bit and hear everything that's happening, you know, but it, anything with Maiden, I think, cause there's such, every main song has different parts to it. I mean, he, you know, a lot, a lot of it's in the same key, but it's all, there's so many different parts. And I think Steve Harrison, Steve Harris has been so creative in how he puts things together or puts in the time changes and tempo changes and stuff like that. I think it's freaking genius. Dude, Maiden, I I was on a Maiden kick probably like two years ago where I was like learning everything I can with Maiden. Um, I was into the long songs like Seventh Son of a Seventh Son and uh, 
like the long songs that are like 15, 16 minutes. Those are, Iron Maiden is a modern day, like Mozart. You know how the classical music was? How they had all the different parts? Yeah. Maiden is like that, like a modern day, like that. Because all the different notes and different parts, you know, if you put that with an orchestra, you're going to see that, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. Well, listening, Maiden's phenomenal, man. Maiden just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about Bino. Have you talked to him? Have you, uh, just uh, see how many people from the past are you uh, in communication with? You're in communication with Bino still? No, not. I know Anthony ran into him in L.A. like a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Anthony still talks with Shavo and stuff like that. And But I know I, I, I exchanged emails with somebody from Velvet Hammer, but it, it's not Bino directly. Yeah. Um, you know, when I in contact with people, it's usually like people that I run into at a show, at a festival, and we're like, holy crap, I haven't seen you in so many years. Or I remember when we did this back in 2008 or 2009, we interviewed then. And I remember that. You know, those type things. I try to, you know, with people that I do the interviews with, the bands and stuff like that, I try to send them off just some sort of, whether it's a text or an email or something through Skype of just, hey, you know, hope all's well, hope you're staying safe. You know, I, I still talk with uh, Sean Glass from the band Soil. Uh, he and I exchanged texts. I'm going to try to hook up and do an interview here soon. He's now in a band called Repentance, but he's been around. He was in death metal band Broken Hope, if you remember them. Um, heard the name. You know, he, you know, him a lot. Um, you know, I, a couple of years ago when there was the Headbangers Con up in Portland, you know, ran into, uh, you know, people from the past, but also, you know, new people as well and, and made new contacts. Um, you know, like the Spine Shank guys, haven't heard from those guys in forever. Um, I'm trying to think of who else from back, back then. You know, even since like 2012, since we did that show at Slide Bar, it was uh, seeing those guys, you know, seeing, you know, uh, Adam and uh, Bob, was it Bobby, the singer? Yeah, from Mug. Yeah, you know, those guys. Hadn't seen those guys since 2001, 2002, but seeing them then, but that was the last time I saw them. Um, yeah. You know, you and I exchange every now and then. I know, uh, you know, Big J exchange with him every now and then. That guy's just cool. I, I Big Jay's awesome. Yeah, his family, you know, we, we, we had this family thing back then. Um, but Bino became this, he's this, uh, one of the biggest managers in, in rock music right now, right? Well, the crazy thing uh, about the Bino story is, is and I, I don't know him inside and out, but I know he was going to go to law school, and I believe it was USC. If I'm speaking out of line, forgive me. But I know he, you know, invested in, system and that's what he you yeah. know put everything in he managed some other bands back then i think one was called the devil roosevelt which is almost sort of like a radio headish but more rock and type band but he put everything in the system and he was you know a huge fan of the deftones back then huge fan of corn back then and what he's done with velvet hammer and yeah. now he he manages corn he manages yeah. Um, Deftones. The Deftones now, Alice in Chains, um, uh, Cypress Hill, you know, all that stuff. I think AFI as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and still with System, so he's like managing the big bands, 
Yeah. Of right Absolutely. You know, he whatever he's done, he's done freaking awesome, dude. He's he's married, he's got a kid now as well. Yeah. That's cool, see. So it's like, you know, passing out flyers with him. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. So it's like kind of seeing it's kind of cool now that it's like you could just say it's like twenty years later. Um of uh, like I said, stories. One time we were watching a story on Madonna on TV, like a, on Entertainment Tonight, and the dude that runs her, you know, label Maverick, a guy, um, me, guy, and the singer from my band Power Lounge, we helped Deftones uh, carry their shit in a van to the van after a show in Newport Beach on a Thursday night. There's maybe twenty people, you know, and um, and we were helping him, so I was helping moving Deftones gear with Guy. Now I think he's the manager of Madonna and he's a big part of Madonna's company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been on TV shows and stuff like that. And it's just like, wow. You know, I think we might've smoked a joint with him while we were loading up the gear. So <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird to see. See, that's like uh, what I was saying earlier. What is that? Uh, seven degrees of separation, whatever. Right. Right. You know, well, um, here, I'm going to be going to, here's a, here's a weird one with that as well too. And it all, it's all going to tie back to the Deftones is that, uh, years ago, early nineties playing in bands and band I was in back then, we put out a couple independent CDs and we, uh, got asked to do a show. And this is, I think early 94, I want to say, I don't remember the, the exact date, but we were asked 10 days out to play a show in Ventura at the Ventura theater with the then version of LA guns. And that still had Phil and Tracy. And I think mm -hmm. maybe the bassist, but they had a different drummer and I think a different guitar player at the time. And we had to sell tickets. We were a local band and we sold close to 200 actually. And the day of the show, literally LA guns had sound checked we started to load our stuff onto the stage at the Ventura theater. It's a great 1100 capacity mm -hmm. venue. You know, we're like, great. We're going to be playing just some pet people tonight. Yeah. All of a sudden we get told stop, come upstairs. So we go to the office and we're like, Oh crap. What happened? We know. Why can't we, what do you mean? We can't and like, someone's going to tell us we can't play tonight. What the hell? Yeah. And we, you know, we were from Santa Barbara and, you know, drove, 40 minutes, not, not far, but, uh, you know, drove and people were already outside because it was close to six o'clock. And I think doors were at six 30 that night. And okay. we started seeing a lot of our friends and family and people from Santa Barbara and, you know, the areas that we're from piling up and they're told us to go upstairs. We go up to the, uh, office of the Ventura theater and they tell us, Hey, the show's canceled tonight. Gee, what happened? We're like, well, Tracy, had gotten sick, I guess, with some type type of food poisoning, couldn't play. So we were like, "Look, man, we've got people here. We sold close to two hundred tickets. We'll play the show for free. Don't don't charge the people who bought L.A. Guns tickets, or you know, refund them. That we'll play for free. We don't care. Just let it." They said, "We can't let that happen tonight." Blah blah blah. Contracts, legalities, whatever. Great. Yeah. So bummed. And years later, when I befriended Tracy asked him about that he said oh I got sick and I was thrown up in the hotel and he validated he remembered specifically the show and the sickness and everything so but longer story a little bit shorter was yeah. um about six months later because the Ventura Theater said hey we're going to 
um, have you guys back to play another show later on. We'll get it sorted out for you. I said, okay. And we'll give you guys a couple hundred free tickets to give away. Okay, cool. That's yeah. a fair trade. So yeah. they booked us with a band called the Ska Daddies, which were like, okay, we're, we're more of a grungy type band, but we're going to play with a Ska band. Okay, whatever. And a band whose name sounded like maybe they blended in with the Ska Daddies and we didn't know who they were. And they said, oh, this band's from Sacramento. Uh, this is their manager's number. You can call them and talk with them if you want or whatever. But they're they're talking with Madonna right now. They're, they're about ready to sign a, a deal with her record label. And we're like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. And, of course, it was the Deftones before, right before they signed the deal. Yeah. And, you know, we were the first band. Deftones were second. And the Ska Daddies were third. And looking at the lineup with, with the names, it's like, we just didn't fit, but we played and we saw the Deftones out front and exchanged numbers with them. And, uh, you know, Chino had the dreads back then and they came yep. on stage in Ventura. Holy crap. We got our ass handed to us on stage that night. Big time. This band, <laughs> they were just, you know, this is like going out playing against corn, you know, back at the time you're doing your thing. And then this new, new sound is there and it just blows you away. And the crowd yeah. was going circle pit. It was crazy. And I was just like, Oh, this is something new. Music's changed. Uh, at that yeah. point and, and playing that show with the tone, Deftones. Incredible, man. So you got to see him down, down South with like 20 people. You know, you probably saw them before I did, which is freaking awesome, dude. They were just crazy back then. Yeah, I mean, the, the show went off even though it was like 20 people. And I think the next night they were playing in Long Beach. And I went to that one, too. And then, you know, there was at least over 100 people at that one. But see, these were like during the weeknight, not on the Friday or Saturday, you know. Um, back in the days when you had to do what you had to do. That's one band. I mean, they're big. Death Tones is big, but I feel like they should they should be bigger than they they were or are. There's a lot of bands that to me should have been bigger. You know, like Seven Dust. Don't you think that they should have been bigger? Dude, I hundred percent agree with you. They should have been much bigger. And I don't know why it never happened, but they had songs, they had grooves. LeJohn's a great singer, you the know. Music is all the big bands opened up for them. That's true, man. And they still kick ass to this day. I saw them a couple years ago and I mean, phenomenal. And they just, they crush. And I mean, they used to beat band. I don't want to not physically beat up, but on stage, <laughs> they kicked everybody's yeah. ass, dude. You had to keep up with seven dust on stage. I mean, you guys played with them before. Yeah. Seven dust. I mean, uh, what's the drummer's name? Um, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Rose. He, I love watching him. You know, him him and Jamie from Snot. Those two guys, like, just watching them, like, when I would see those bands, I just focus on them. Dude, basically. those guys are phenomenal, man. Just the way they move and their stick placement and how they do the it, movement. insane. Yeah. The body movement. But I would have to say one drummer, since you're, you're mainly, uh, your number one thing is, is a drummer. Um, the dude, um, to me, he's the most craziest drummer I've ever seen, and you probably know him. 
the, the drummer for Vince Neil and uh, Slaughter. Zoltan uh, Chaney. That dude. Dude. I could watch his videos all day long. He kicks, he kicks the cymbals, too. Dude, that, that guy is wild. I, I've seen him do that thing where he kicks the cymbals or he puts his like foot up on his hi-hat and is playing something else and just throwing his sticks way up in the air. And God damn, dude, those guys are crazy. He, he's the most crazy drummer. Uh, what's his name for the people? The people listening, they could uh, YouTube it. Uh, Zoltan? Zoltan Chaney, I believe his name is. If I'm wrong, forgive me, but that guy's a beast. A beast. Yeah, he, he drums for Vince Neil. And Slaughter. I, I know that. Mark Slaughter or the band Slaughter. It, it's funny because you the Slaughter, Vince Neil thing, it's like Vince has the same backing band as Mark Slaughter. You know, they just yes, rotate out the singer. That's right, because the bass player, Dana, right? Dana the bass player. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. But yeah, um, he's a crazy drummer. Um but yeah, back in the days, dude, uh, the rainbow and all that shit. And, um, you know, I'm friends with uh, quite a few people on Facebook from back then. Um, sticks. Wait, wait a minute. Sticks. Yeah. Sticks. From Flambuki. Yeah. Flambuki. Nice. He's a, he's a rabbi. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a rabbi. Uh, Michael, uh, you know, Shafrin, something like that. That's his name. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we, we got connected on, uh, you know, Facebook. You just got get connected. But, yeah, he's a rabbi right now. And um, Six, Bambuki. And I'm friends with the singer um, on Facebook. Uh, and then the guys from Agriculture. Um, uh, just became friends with Greg. Remember Greg Mace? Oh, from Migraine. Yeah, I just became friends with him probably in the last year or two recently. It's weird because sometimes, you know, like on Facebook, it's like people you may know always comes up. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Greg from Migraine, you know. And then I'll hit him up and shit like that. But, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a lot of us out there. We all have uh, regular jobs and mortgages and stuff like that now, you know. And all the, the, the livid kids, you know, they're all growing up now. You are listening to All Things Guitars and Music, a podcast by Vapor Guitars, brought to you by Vapor Guitars, V-A-Y-P-E-R Guitars. Check us out at VaporGuitars.com and at all social media platforms at Vapor Guitars. Thank you for listening. Back to the show. Dude, what we got to do is at some point kind of get like, and we can do this all over the phone, do like a Zoom meeting as well, is get like me, you, Big J, uh, Anthony, Sizzo, and, and, and do a chat about those times with all of us because everybody's going to have their own stories and points of view for what happened, man. That'd be, or even Rafa too, out in Arizona, someone like that. Yeah, that would be nice. We're friends on Facebook too. Yeah, he's um, married and got a kid now. He's a... Um, He's with, he works for uh, Avenged Sevenfold, right? Yeah, he does uh, stuff for Avenged Sevenfold and for Disturbed. Obviously, he's not doing any touring right now, which sucks. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, that's just another thing of how far this damn thing has impacted everybody. But, yeah, Rafa, Rafa's great. I saw him 
couple years ago, I was out in Arizona for something and had dinner with him and his wife, man. Just that dude, that dude is awesome. man. I know you remember those days out there with him. I mean, those great people, man. Is he still in Arizona? Yeah, he is. Absolutely. Yeah. I might, I'm going to, I might be uh, moving there in the next couple of years, but yeah, I mean, Rafa, I mean, we stayed at his house when we played Arizona and he had a bitchin' house with a pool, basketball court. Um, his mom would cook us breakfast. It's like 3.30 in the morning. I remember that, man. Yeah, it was a big house, and she, she was a cello player, right? His mom, she played the cello for us. I think so, because I know his, his dad was a, uh, a conductor for, like, some philharmonic <laughs> somewhere, something like that. Yeah, and then we would stay at their house, or uh, we even stayed in the camper in the driveway. Oh, that's right. And then we had kids that would come see us, and then their parents would cook us food or something. They would bring us food. <laughs> Dude, we, 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 you know, looking back at it, we probably shouldn't have went out taking you guys on tour, man. You guys had places to stay all over America back then. Yeah. Yeah, those were the good days, but... um. Yeah, so I just, uh, I got a message on Facebook that, you know, Chad from Head PE, um, he made a little uh, movie about their, their Broke album tour, and uh, I'm just getting ready to watch that. But yeah, you were talking about Head and stuff like that, this thing comes up. But it's amazing how all these people are still making music, huh? Dude, it, that's the crazy thing is that, you know, I we, we know the money's not there. Like, you know, when Jive signed Head years ago, and I know you were you were very, you know, you were close with BC back then in the days playing the Rhino Room and, and you know, 369 yeah. and all that stuff. You know, Jive threw them some big money and threw a lot their way, and that money doesn't exist in the industry anymore, which is sad. But the Spotify dude, you know, those guys are making tons of money, yet the bands suffer even worse now. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you that since you're like you're in the music, you know a lot about the music business um, of this. When my when I see bands posting, uh, we got signed. To me, I ask, what does that mean? At this time, in these days, what does that mean when you can do everything yourself? You know, that's the uh, the thing that's interesting is that you see some people do things, and I think Jamie Jost is kind of a, a key example he's been like a big inspiration to me just what he does in the grind he puts out there but you know he did that record with d snyder he just said d yeah i want you to do a metal record you know we'll do and he did it all on his own and they recorded it and did it all on his own then they got picked up for distribution i listened to to that episode when he had d snyder he's like you should do and then when he was saying that i was like he should because his voice is great for heavy heavy tap music yeah you know, but you asked about what does it mean to get signed? I don't, I don't even know because I mean, band, you're recording and I've put it, it's been on the podcast and other episodes where bands are like, oh, I, I didn't even meet the producer of this album. No, I just recorded the bass parts in my, in my bedroom and sent them electronically. So you're not paying yeah. for studio time. You know, I mean, we know a lot of bands, you know, will program drums, unfortunately, or maybe they go into a small studio and use triggers for everything. So they don't have to worry so much about drum sounds. Uh, you know, there are people who are using the real deal. Uh, yeah. You know, 
are, are still using the real deal to record and go into the studio and get an album and get sounds and stuff. But unless you're a big band, that's not happening. You're doing it in your bedroom. And you know what, what if I, even like 10 years ago, okay, you're going to remember, remember, um, Kevin Estrada and our guy, yeah. we yeah. were, I ran into him probably like 10, 12 years ago. And even, even a couple of years ago, ran into him at the ride for Ronnie. And we were talking about how you remember back in the day, bands were getting 500,000 or a million dollars to make a video. And he was talking <laughs> about that. He said, yeah, he said he was, you know, bands nowadays are likely to get 5,000 to make a video, you know, maybe 10,000 on a big budget. And this is 10 years ago. But now you look at the videos people are making online just with their cell phones and they give them to some mm -hmm. kid who can edit. And now you got a new video. Caught you a hundred bucks. Exactly. I did a video uh, for a song called Take a Bow with Anger the Giant. And all that was just from my phone. And I used the iMovie as, you know, as the program to do all the editing. And it came out pretty good. People were like, how'd you do that? I'm like, dude, it's all on my phone. It's all on your phone. You know? And that's the thing is, is so much can be done with your phone and people use GarageBand to record and, you know, you can, I mean, you're on Instagram, you see people recording tracks at their home and it's, they're just set up in a bedroom and, you know, have an interface to put it into Pro Tools or whatever program they're using and it's, and it's done and the albums are done that way. And, um, I think it was Ali, the guy, Ali, Ali, can't pronounce the name right, whichever way it is. Uh, but from Bleed From Within, he also plays drums in Silosis. And he said, you know, on this album here, the, the newest album they put out, he says, I, I finally got the right sound. I had the right engineer in the studio to capture my drum sound. So there's no triggers whatsoever. This is the natural drum sounds because, you know, bands struggle getting the right drum sound. So they just, okay, let's go put some triggers on it. And we'll go get this patch from this thing so we get the kick drum from and justice for all and we're going to get the snare drum from you know they go steal those sounds from other albums and there they go yeah. yep i know uh the metallica black album drums that's a big one that they use in the studios for different bands oh yeah and you you can hear and if you listen to a lot of active rock radio you can hear those sounds like ah, that's the metallica drum sound that's what bob rock did with lars yeah yeah what, what new bands are you into uh, uh, these days? Man. Newer yeah. bands like, you know, that came out in the last five years. Dude, I mean, I know they haven't come out in the last five years, but Gojira, those guys oh, yeah, are, yeah. oh, man. I, they, People love them. Like, guys in Metallica, like, you know, people, like, big bands praise that band. And dude. maybe I should give them a shot. I listened to a couple of songs, but that's about it. It's it's crazy, um, just crazy, good rhythmically. It's really good, you know. I think uh, upon a burn upon a burning body. I mean, they've been out for a while now, but they've yeah. kind of developed their sound uh, a little bit more, um, less metalcore, more kind of groove, almost Pantera esque like type stuff. Um, yeah. you know, have been really really good band um i don't know new bands i don't know i just kind of think like new albums like do you hear that last sepultura album no oh man dude and their drummer this new guy they have in there i guess he's in a couple albums i'm gonna say now 
Yeah. It's it's Sepultura, dude. It's incredible. Just really incredible um album. Phenomenal. If you like if you like older Sepultura, it's more aligned with that, you know. Um, yeah. That's new, cool. New bands is tough, man. It's there's a lot out there, but some of the stuff and I've seen gone to see stuff live and I, I watch it and I go He's not even singing right now. You know? Yeah, that's the thing with the new bands. They have these backing tracks, and then, you know, a lot of people don't like that. Um, I mean, if you go see a band, I, I, want, I want to pay to see the live band, even if they have mistakes, you know? I think somebody said there needs to be disclaimer on ticket sales that this performance may not be 100% live. And I said, that's hilarious because a lot of these younger bands, and I saw, I walked in to the Ace of Spades one night. It was like a five-band bill, and the opening band was on on this package tour. And I saw the singer screaming, and I saw the guitar player doing, uh, like, the secondary vocal part. But it was the yeah. same voice because wow. because I and I, I I looked at it and I'm like no something's this isn't right this isn't even close and I went and checked out the song on uh, on like Spotify or whatever after I left the venue and I heard okay it's the singer doing it in the studio it's the same voice but they, the the, yeah. the the vocal parts kind of overlayer each other so you can't do it live without having somebody else do it so it was yeah. it was. It was a backing track, but the the guitar player was lip syncing it. The backing track, like he yeah. was doing the vocal. Yeah, and that's the stuff well, that turns me it, off. It it is funny because my band Anger the Giant we uh, opened up uh, for Paula Mud at the Coach House in San Juan Capistrano, um, and, and the the show was sold out. I mean, we sold a lot of tickets. We had to go back two times to get tickets to to sell. You know. Um, but when we were done and then, you know, uh, pull up mud comes on and I'm like kind of standing kind of in front of the singer West and, um, dude, the lip syncing, right. He wasn't singing. He wasn't even trying to be, you know, acting, faking. He wasn't even faking it. Right. So he was off on that and his guitar track was, was recorded, dude. Cause he was like, looked like he was playing. And then I go, that doesn't sound right. You know? And then he stopped playing. He was holding the microphone with two hands and that guitar track was still going. And I look around the club and everyone was just loving it. They're like, they're so fun. So stupid. They don't even know. And I'm like, this is disappointing, man. You know, he was pretty fucked up. The guy. And those were the and things they- that, that, that just really, and I, I know he, he's notorious for being, you know, walking off stage or cutting shows off or whatever, but you have backing tracks and you can't even get your crap together. There's something wrong, man. Yeah. Even, uh, the, the drummer was like giving him a look, but no one notices. See, like I said, we, we like music so much. We know what we're looking at. That's, that's exactly. And like I said, I've, I've seen it, you know, I've had some people ask me about certain things and, and I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a huge public figure, so I mean I don't have anything to lose. But at the same time, I don't want to trash people, and I understand why people do it. You know, I I, I do understand. I'd rather see the live thing and hear the mistake than go watch a track. 
And yeah. uh, one time a publicist asked me about something. I said, look, I'm not going to write about this because unfortunately it wasn't even live. And, you know, they said, yeah. well, some of it is. I said, well, some of it may be live, but I, no disrespect. I, I don't, I'm not out here to trash bands. That's not what I want to do. It's hard enough to do. And I try to keep the negativity away from it. I said, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, if I don't write about something that I've gone to for you, just take it as, is I'm, I, I don't want to beat up the band. You know, and it, I'm not the greatest musician in the world, but at the same time, I don't want to go out there and do something, you know, I'm not going to lip sync or, or, you know, play the tracks the whole time that I'm not actually doing. And that, that kills me. And I know, you know, we never did it in Live It. I never did it with the implant stuff or anything. Never played to it. I'd rather have the live screw up mistake than make something up for people that's not right and that's you know i see a lot of that now and i know you know eddie trunk will, will go on diatribes for days about it you know and you know kiss you know is doing it. and i've heard you know so many other bands we know motley crew uses tracks galore live mm -hmm. you know and you know you saw the feud recently between jericho and sebastian bach about you know mimicking songs and stuff like that there's all that stuff out there and yeah, I get it. Do some people are going to get called out? They are. Am I going to be the person to do it? No, because I just, I just don't want the negative action out there, man. I life's too short, man. I, I need to be positive and move forward with yeah. things. And you know, it's that's why I think you know, looking back to the livid days, you know, yeah, there were things that people did that were stupid to the band or talk crap about it. But you know what? You guys were always above it. And you move forward from it and didn't get caught up in it. And that's why I respected you guys so much because you never we're that band who want to go out and talk crap to people like that and make a big statement about it. Nah, dude, it was, uh, we were just trying to be like a brotherhood. I think back then, you know, everybody. And I, you know, and to me, that brotherhood is, is still strong to this day, just because I'm friends with people on social media that were part of the scene back then, you know, even though no one's playing music or being in bands, most of them are not in bands, but you know, some of them are. And it's just kind of cool to still be friends with them and see how old we're all looking now. <laughs> you know, you look back at pictures of us back then with all the same bands, we all look like kids. You know, now everyone's, you know, pretty, pretty much old looking. Some people. <laughs> You guys mm -hmm. still look young, though, man. And I, I, I still, I, this funny thing with us, if you remember when uh, Columbia was looking at living in that guy, is his name Seth? Dude flew out from New York and took us to some Hollywood swanky party, walking the red carpet. Do you remember that? It was Sony. Sony, that's it, yeah. Uh, we had a team from New York uh, that, that worked for Sony, right? Yeah. Yeah, they took us to... Dude, that that uh, whatever uh, party that they took us to wasn't that crazy. That's the night that I tell stories and people don't believe me. I never forget we we get into the back of the line, and then I remember some dude comes up and goes, "Are you guys livid?" I don't know who yeah. said yes, but then they walked us straight up to the front, walked the red carpet. He was, with, he was with some girl that had a headphones and a clipboard too. So I was like, "What the hell is this?" Remember that? Yes, dude. Oh my god! I remember. A, we went. We had a meeting. Didn't we have a meeting with Sony? Yes. And they go, "Do you guys want to go to a rap party after this?" And we we said, "Yeah," but we thought the rap party was like a rap, 
like like rappers, right? Like hip hop rap party. So we went, and then when we were standing in a line, and then they took us back, right? Yeah, it wasn't a party like hip hop. It was a rap party for like uh, I think it was an internet company that was releasing something. Yes. Yes. And it was for, I don't know, it was a rap party for that. And then they had one room where it was all white. I remember everything was white. And then um, all these stars. Uh, so we walked through. Remember, we walked through. Um, there was a red ropes or whatever, the red carpet, too. And we turned this corner, and it was all the press and media taking pictures of everybody as they walked on the red carpet. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> remember that? And then uh, I don't know. We all didn't walk together. I think I stopped Sizzle. I go, dude, look at dude. So what we're going to do right now is just walk and wave and act like we're supposed to be here. <laughs> I, was, I was having fun that night. So we're walking and we're just waving. The people, and cameras are flashing and everything. And while I was waving, I was trying to Sizzle. I go, dude, they don't even know who the fuck we are, but they just have to take pictures and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I re- yeah. Do you remember the band who was playing inside? Do you remember who was playing? Yeah, uh, Clint, uh, there's a soul guy, uh, Parliament. Yeah, it was um, Parliament. <laughs> Boosie Collins. Yes, Boosie was there too. That's right, dude. Yeah, that night I tell people, dude, um, remember uh, James Wood? Yes, he was there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, and they had like little tents or something where you could like go in. Yes. There's people hanging out doing drugs, I think. He, we met James Wood, right? We all went in there and met James Wood, didn't we? Yeah, wasn't Sting there as well? Yeah, and Andy Sting. Dick. Yeah, so oh, Andy Dick, he was in one of those uh, tent things too. And I, I was drunk. And I just walked in. I go, hey, what's up, dude? What's up? You know, do the handshake. I did that with James James Wood. And then uh, I think the movie The General's Daughter was out at the time, and he was one of the stars. I go, dude, great job on that, dude. Call me Monday. We'll do lunch. <laughs> And we walk out, and I think, I remember Sizzle saying, dude, you're fucking funny. And I go, dude, I'm, I was born for this shit, dude. He, <laughs> doesn't know he, he played the part. He's like, right on, right on, we'll do that. Oh, you know? man. And, uh, but out of the stars that we met that night, there was a lot more, but you, you brought up Sting. Sting was the one that, um, I think it was me and you and Sizzle that went up to him. Um, I don't remember, but I didn't know what to say to him. Do you remember who else was there? Did we, we talked with somebody specifically about our, about our website. Oh, uh, Fred Durst. Fred Durst, uh, exactly. We hung out with them mostly that night. Remember, he was with the security guard and two girls. Yep. And he told them to go ahead and go because they were just standing off to the wayside. And he told them to go ahead and go, and then he was hanging out with us for a while. I remember that, dude. That was when that whole... Thing went down with him and Taproot, and that was one of Bino's bands, Taproot. Yeah. Because there was a big drama the, with that. Yeah. I remember Fred Durst, I go, you don't know who we are, you know, because he's acting like he knew who we were, and then he said livid.net. And then I could, it's like, obviously he knew who we were when he said our website. Yep, yep. And then, uh, yeah, he, he was super cool. He was one guy I didn't like in the music industry. But then after I met him and hung out with him that night, he's one of my favorite people. Um, he was one of the coolest rock stars I've ever met or any type of star. 
Fred Durst out of all people. Yeah, he was legit, man. He knew he knew the music because he was trying to sign bands and stuff, and people give him crap, but you know what? He knew music, and if he can call out your website and go, yeah, it's livid.net, you got the candles on there moving around. Dude, he yep. knew what the hell was going on. So, yeah, I mean, that was one thing good about, you know, when you were managing us, how you got us in the forefront of all the record companies because you said Columbia, there was DreamWorks, there was... Uh, I don't know if Roadrunner, but I know uh, Sony, right? Yeah. Sony, Columbia, DreamWorks. Um, didn't Papa Roger get signed at one of our shows? Uh, we had a showcase, but DreamWorks picked them up. That's right. That's right, that dude. Yeah. So when I see, that's another thing. When I see Papa Roach on TV or hear their music, see, they got signed at one of our shows, and we used to play shows with them a lot. There's that's always true, man. There's always a story, you know. So, dude, we gotta come back and we gotta come back and go through all these stories again, man, and just really hammer this stuff out. Um, There's so many stories that just like um, one story uh, at a Livid show at the Troubadour. Um, I think it was a Livid show. Uh, me and my wife we met Marilyn Manson and uh, Chino from Deftones. Oh, damn. Chino was on one side of the bar and Marilyn Manson was on the other side. And I don't know who I was with. I go, did you see who's here? You see who's here? And everyone's like, yeah, Marilyn Manson. I'm like, no, Chino from Deftones. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, no, Chino. But yeah, Marilyn Manson was there. But yeah, me and my wife, we met him. Um, and he was a really nice guy, dude. Marilyn Manson. Right on. You, have you met him? No, I have not. Yeah, um, we met him there and he's like really, really cool, but we didn't, you know, stay too long. I don't want to overstay my welcome. That's how I am with the rock stars. Let me get in there for a quick minute and then I'm out. Right. Smart thing. You know, but yeah, there's so many stories. We can make a movie, um, of this shit. Um, playing in San Diego, road story to, uh, Arizona. Man. We're, we're playing on the radio in Arizona too. That's right. And then, um, yeah, we went there with Head PE. We went there quite a few times. All right, brother. Uh, but, no, it was great doing your show and doing my show. Um, I'm going to make this a two-parter because there's, you know, um, maybe we should do something like, you know, like a Zoom thing, and we could just put that on uh, YouTube. Absolutely, man. Maybe members of different bands or, you know, different people that were back uh, in the scene back in that in those times, you know? Like, like Mike, uh, he's still with the whiskey. Yeah, totally. Did yeah. you see that documentary about the whiskey and the yeah. rainbow? Yeah. Cool stuff, man. All right, brother. Well, um, thank you for doing the show. Absolutely, man. I'll get these things edited and I'll drop box you the link later on today. All right, brother. Thank you. And, um, maybe we'll do, we'll do one of these, uh, again, soon absolutely we need we absolutely need to man dude i appreciate you man i love you and i wish your family nothing but the best all right i love you too brother all right man. thank you take care man okay all right bye-bye and i hope you guys enjoyed my discussion with mark thompson on episode 16 part two of all things guitars and music a podcast by vapor guitars till next time